to invite Brother Jared. I asked him if he would take a few moments here at our service tonight and share what the Lord might have uh, for us from him. So let's uh, welcome Brother Sims. Amen. Thank you, Elder. Glad to be here with everybody. I love coming here and feeling the love, the godly love that is shown through everybody. It's a beautiful spirit in the room, and I just love each and every one of you. Um, just going to take a few minutes, going to Psalms 37, starting at the first verse. I'll be reading from the Amplified, so follow along as best as you can. And it says, do not worry because of evildoers, nor be envious toward wrongdoers, for they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like green herbs. And that part that says, nor be envious toward wrongdoers, you can see that a few times throughout the Bible. Um, in Proverbs 24, Verse 19, it says, do not get upset because of evildoers or be envious of the wicked. It also says in Proverbs 3, verse 31, do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. In Proverbs 23, do not let your heart envy sinners who live godless lives and have no hope in salvation. And so we're given a warning here to not envy against the workers of iniquity. The word envy means a feeling of discontent or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions or qualities. So, you're basically being envious against the wrongdoers because you're longing for their qualities or something that they have. And so, this is an example, you can see this throughout the time of the Israelites. You know, they're trusting, they're, they're living for God, and then all of a sudden they see all that these nations have, their gods, they see all these different things, and they, they go to that, and then they go back to God, and they go to that, go back to God. But that's not how we should be. We shouldn't be longing for the possessions of wrongdoers. We shouldn't be envious, we shouldn't be jealous of what they have, because what they have doesn't matter. It's just, we don't put our hope in that. In verse 3, it says, trust, rely on, and have confidence in the Lord, and do good. Dwell in the, and feed securely on his faithfulness. We have to put our trust in God. Amen. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires and petitions of your heart. And we, I know we've said this scripture plenty of times, and it's true. When you delight yourself, when you commit yourself find joy in the Lord, joy in the things of God, his fellowshipping, his word. He will give you the desires of your heart. But you have to delight in him. And the question is, how do you delight? And it's answered in verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord and trust in him also, and he will do it. You have to commit. There has to be commitment. I, I find my generation is, we have commitment issues sometimes. You know, and you have to be committed to his will, yield your life to him, 
and trust in him. And I find that if you do these things, you'll be confident. But um, if you don't, you'll see that you start longing for these different things. You start seeing other people, what they have. Like they're not even in church. Oh, man, they have this, they have that. And you don't, you don't put your confidence in God anymore. You've, you've lost your confidence. You lost your trust. He will make your righteousness, your pursuit of right standing with God, like the light, and your judgment like the shining of the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him and entrust yourself to him. You have to wait on God. You can't rush the process. You can't rush what it is that he has for you. You have to be committed, committed to him, his will, and trust that he has you, and he'll provide for you. You have to wait on him, because once you step in and try to do what God is trying to do, you, you mess things up. Do not fret, whine, agonize, because of him who prospers in his ways, because of the wicked man who carries out wicked schemes. Don't be constantly whining and, and frustrated because you see other people living a prosperous life, and it's not prosperous. You know, it's, their, their lives is a mess behind the scenes. But if you stay committed and trusting in him, he's got you. You don't have to worry about that. And in Psalm 62, verse 5, For God alone, my soul waits in silence and quietly submits to him. For my hope is from him. We know where our hope lies. We know the end result. We know that we're working for eternal life and that God promises that. And so as, as we live our lives and we not don't be influenced by what you see in the world, what other people are doing, but keep your attention and focus on God. Don't lose sight of him. Don't be distracted by uh, what the wrongdoers are doing because at the end of the day, they don't have salvation. We do. So keep your eyes on him. Keep trusting in him, and he's got you. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Brother Jared. Isaiah 55, verse 1. You, uh, the Lord is talking to us about David tonight and about ourselves. I believe that. I will be careful not to give any more honor to the man than is deserving of the man. And when I say the man, I'm talking about David, the one that wrote that, what we just read. But, just like we say now, all honor and glory goes to God. But God was sure in David. He was, he was in that man. And uh, he lived through David. David was the first king of Israel chosen by God. You realize that? 
Saul was the king the people wanted. And so God said, okay, I'll give you the king you want. I already got him in line too, and his name's Saul, and he's ready. We'll call him, and we'll let him king for a while. But I also have a king. I have a man. Believe it or not, he's just a little tyke right now. But I have a man that I want to be king you ever interested in the difference in what you want and what God wants? Sometimes he gives you what you want just to prove to you that what you want is not as good as what he wants. You ever been there? You live a little bit of a season of your life and think, this, I finally got that thing I want, only to realize, I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about, but God knows. So he's talking to us about David tonight. Isaiah 55, verse 1, it says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk, without money and without price. Verse 2 Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? I was, I, as I was reading the scripture, I remembered what Brother Berglund said here a couple of weeks ago. Your money is your time. I heard the saying all my life, time is money. Well, that's true. But your money, how did you get your money? Through your time. Through the things that you did with your time that somebody is repaying you for. And now he says, why would you spend your money on that which is not bread? And why would you spend your labor for that which satisfieth not? You know who does that? Those that we envy sometimes. If we're honest, I mean, do you guys want to be honest tonight? You want me to be honest? I look at some toys that some other people have, and I think, how fun would it be to have one of those? Well, all it takes is my time. However much of my time that toy costs, Oh, and then you got to, if you buy it, you're going to want to use it. So there goes more of your time, right? And it, it, it might be fun, but I don't know where uh, the word fun is in the scripture. Oh, man, that doesn't sound fun, does it? But there's a lot of better words than the word fun in the scripture. First one that comes to my mind is the word joy. If you're, if you're focused on fun, as soon as it's over, you're back down wherever you started. Sometimes you start down here and you're hoping to get up here, but you only get about here. Well, that was a little bit of fun. 
That wasn't great fun. It was a little bit of fun. But if you're focused on fun, that's all you're going to get. Fun is not that which satisfies. <laughs> Let's go evangelize the town with that statement right there. It's not going to work, is it? No, Jesus satisfies your soul. The scripture says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. Neither would a thief come in and steal it. I'm getting somewhere, I think. Why do you spend your money on that which is not food? And why do you spend your labor for that which doesn't satisfy you? Hearken diligently unto me. And eat ye that which is good. Now, he did just say in verse 1, didn't he? Buy without money. Is that what he said? Buy this. You, don't, you that don't have any money, come and buy this. Eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Well, there's a, another word for you. Let your soul... Delight itself in fatness. I didn't know I was going to be talking about this tonight. I would have maybe not eaten so much today. We're not talking about the body there. We're talking about the soul. Let your soul get all it wants and then some. Let your soul delight itself. In fatness. Verse 3 Incline your ear and come unto me here, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. I told you the Lord's talking to us about David tonight. Isaiah, the prophet, writing this is recalling to the readers the life of David. If you read through all the Psalms and all the, the writings of David, you would see just a glimpse of this covenant of the mercies of David. Now, those are not David's mercies. Those are God's mercies towards David. You understand the difference? Not like I'm going to make you as merciful as David was. No, I'm going to have as much mercy with you as I had with David. That's what it means. So uh, the Lord would take you and me to a place in our life where we live just like the, the psalmist David lived. We think, no, that's only reserved for this, the most special what makes somebody special? The Spirit of God on that person. In that person. And you, I promise you, you don't get a different God than what David got. You don't get a different spirit than that which David fellowshiped with. He's the same God. The relationship that God had with David... He wants to have with you. 
I feel like the difference is the relationship that David wanted to have with God. Do we want that relationship? If we're honest with ourselves, I said we're going to be honest tonight. If I'm honest with myself, do I want the relationship that David had? Well, sure, I'll say it, but does my life say it? You speak with your actions, right? Verse 4, Behold, I have given him, who do you think the him is right there? David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. Now, we read a little bit in, in Isaiah on Sunday, and we were talking about the prophecies forward. Remember that about Jesus, the son, the child born to us? Well, same guy, same time, and he's writing about the past here through prophecy. And he's saying, I already gave you somebody to look towards as an example of the life and the relationship that you and I can have. David, he was the leader and commander to the people. Go down to verse 6, and I just want you to know that this is where this verse is found. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. I would add in parentheses, just like David did. Because we're talking about the life of David. We're talking about the example of David for you and for me. I should seek the Lord while he may be found, just like David sought the Lord while he may be found. There's one word that I felt the Lord kind of pricked my spirit with before service tonight in talking about David. And where, where it says it there, the mercies of David, it's similar, but it's the word loving kindness. The word, everybody say loving kindness. Now, those are two words, but you put them together, and that's one word in the Scripture. You see the word loving kindness. In fact, in the King James Version, you see the word loving kindness 26 times. 21 of those times are in the book of Psalms. Written by whom? David. 21 of the 26 times the word loving kindness is written. It's written by David, and he's talking about the Lord's loving kindness. He knew it. He knew the Lord's loving kindness. Once you know the Lord, and you, once you really know the Lord, you want to be with him. If you don't really know the Lord, you don't really know what you're missing. I would say you know you're missing something, but you don't know what you're missing. But once you know the Lord, you want to be with him. You want to fellowship with him. You want to spend time with him. You want him in your life, and you want your life to be in him. When you know the Lord's mercy, 
when you know the Lord's loving kindness, you want to live in that. Is there anybody here that would volunteer to go just 24 hours tomorrow without the Lord's mercy on your life? Anybody? I'm good. I'll do a day on my own. I shudder to think about what could happen in 24 hours without the Lord's mercy on my life. All the past 37 or so years coming back all at once on me without the Lord's mercy. No, thank you. I want to live in His mercy. And once you, once you know it, once you really know it, you want to stay in it and not just in and out of it. You learn equally when you're living in His mercy and when you're living out of His mercy, I believe. He teaches you lessons either way. When I'm living in His mercy and His mercy is covering me and it's on me, He's teaching me all the great things that He can do for me. When I'm outside of His mercy and it's not covering my life, He's teaching me all the things that I cannot do without Him. All, well, there's a saying, they call it, chickens coming home to roost. That's like somebody living without the mercy of God on their life. It's just, you're going to reap what you sow. I just want to show you a few of these verses. The other thing I'll say is, once you know the loving kindness of the Lord, and you want to live in it, you want to stay in it, when you really know it like David knew it, you want to tell other people about it. Psalms 36, verse 10. David speaking here, he says, Oh, continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee. Not to me. This is not David just saying, I want it all for myself. He's saying, the loving kindness that I know, your loving kindness, continue it to all them that know you. Let everybody come to know this and live in it. That's a prayer of David. And thy righteousness to the upright in heart. Psalm 51, verse 1. You might have uh, heard of this passage before, Psalm 51. I'm going to spare you all the context and time frame, but this is the prayer that David prays after the prophet Nathan comes to him and says, I know what you did. The Lord knows what you did, and you're not going to get away with it. Just look at what he says, David. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy... What's the next word? Think about this. As, as far as we know, in the Scripture, this is about the most reprehensible thing David did in his life if not the only bad thing that we know about that he did. I mean, he wasn't per, 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 perfect. He did some other bad things. But you know the story of Bathsheba and all that that happened there. Right after it, of all the things that David could call upon or pray about, 
or seek the Lord for, the thing that he sought for was the Lord to have mercy on him according to the Lord's loving kindness. Lord, I, I know you. You ever have this honest conversation with the Lord? Lord, I know you. I know me too. I know me way too well. And all the things that you know. I'm just thankful, Lord, that I know that you have loving kindness towards me. Of all the things, God, that I know about you, I'm thankful that you have loving kindness towards me. If that was not in the picture, all the rest of who you are, I mean, it would still be wonderful, but I don't want to think about my life without this part of you. Frequently, it uses the term tender mercies and loving kindness. This is who the Lord is. This is who David knew. Have mercy upon me according to thy loving kindness. Not according to thy faithfulness, not according to thy power, not according to thy awesomeness. I don't need a cool God right now. I need a God that has loving kindness. I don't need a hip Savior right now. I don't need something that the world's just going to latch onto and think it's the coolest, awesomest, most sweet thing in the world. I need a God with loving kindness right now. Stay with me. I know I'm not going as fast as I might normally go. But I feel the Lord is kind of poking something. So I'm 37 years old. I've been in the church my whole life. And I've been around long enough to know there are people that could live a long time without the Lord in their life. And then, and all kinds of stuff that you wouldn't want to say and do, and that's, that's the life they live. And then... Something bad happens and they say, okay, I think it's about time that I seek the Lord. And they turn and they seek Him and the Lord's loving kindness comes into their life. And I'm over here going, are you telling me that for the last 30 years I could have been fill in the blank? You really mean to tell me that a guy could go out and do all that stuff and then just wait for things to get bad, wait for whatever, and then come and run to you and ask for mercy and you show him mercy. And the Lord's like, yeah, that's me. That's what I do. That's who I am. In that moment, my response becomes critical in my spirit. Because I could, I, there's a lot of different directions you can go from that place in your life. I think only one of them is a good way. And say, thank you, Lord, for saving my brother. Anything else? You're asking for it. 
Blah. I wonder if I could just tread on those waters for just a little bit. I know you saved him from it, so you'll probably save me from it too. I hope this is not too human nature for you tonight. But this is, Paul wrote through almost every one of his letters something in this regard. You start to examine the lives of other people and what they do and what they can do and what they might do and what they can get away with for a season. You start to examine other people's lives like that and you are headed for trouble. In fact, you're already in trouble. As soon as your eyes are on that and your focus is taken away from the life that God's wanting you to live right now today. See, just like the Lord let that person go through a sinful season of life, long, long time season of life, and then he saves them, cleans them, washes them, he's, he's been just as loving kind, just as merciful to me, only in a different fashion. Because the, oh, I have seen this. Somebody living in a similar circumstance to me for many, many years, trying to be holy, trying to be right, trying to serve the Lord, be close to Him and all that, decide, no, I've had enough. I'm going to step out for just a moment, step out for a moment and die. So I can say that whether it's a, a year, a decade, several decades, as long as His mercy is on me, that's what matters. Yeah. The scripture says we're not promised tomorrow. No man is promised tomorrow. You don't know the day or the hour. It is appointed unto man once to die. And God forbid that I get this little attitude that says, I think I just want to go out outside of the Lord's mercy for just a moment. I'll get right back in it. I'll get, don't worry, I'm coming back, Lord. I know where to find you. Psalm 63, verse 3. I wonder if really this is ever my attitude. Because thy loving kindness is better than life. Well, the accountant in me wants to put life on one side of the book and the loving kindness of God on the other side of the book and see how they balance. Life. Everybody say life. David knows life. He knows people. He knows humans. He was a king, by the way, so he knew people. He had subjects in his kingdom. And you be around people long enough, you're going to learn whether well, people like this and people like that, and some do this and some spend their time like this. Everybody's different. Every life is different. 
But David does not say, because your loving kindness is better than my life, or his life, or their life, or the life of this, or the life of that. Mm -mm. There is nothing better in life than the loving kindness of God. Let me remind you, Isaiah said this guy, David, was given to us as an example, a commander and a leader. The, the, the things that David said, the life that David lived, should be the example to you. I gave him to you, the Lord says, as your example. What does my example say? The loving kindness of God is better than life. I'm almost done here. Psalms 92.1. Psalm 92, verse 1. A psalm or song for the Sabbath day. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name. Does it, do you believe that? You still believe that today in 2022? It's good to sing praises to God. Newsflash, that's why we do it in this church. Because it's a good thing to sing praises to God. To give thanks unto the Lord. O Most High. Verse 2. To show forth thy loving kindness in the morning. Wait, I thought we were talking about singing praise songs at church. You see how fast he shifted that gear? I, I need, Lord, I need more time than that. I mean, I got to go grab a burger. I need to get into some comfy clothes. I need a good night's rest. I need some peace and quiet. <sighs> Unload all the burdens of the day so that I can say, oh, yeah, life is good. Oh, yeah, this, this has not been a bad day. Oh, thank you, Lord, for helping me make it through it. Now, David says, I can go from here to here like that because I'm living in the loving kindness of the Lord. To show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. Verse 3. Upon an instrument of ten strings, and upon the psaltery, upon the harp, with a solemn sound. I said this one, I, I, I'm not going to try to spend more time, and I, I know you've been sitting there a while. And one person with the right attitude. And a, and a sincere praise to God. One person. They don't have to be schooled at Carnegie Hall. They don't have to spend, you know, 25 hours a day practicing their instrument. They might, if, if, if you are one, one worried about what it sounds like, or if I'm worried about what it sounds like, but one person with a heart of praise 
and a simple little instrument can bring praise to God that a 100-piece orchestra couldn't bring to God. We think it's about numbers. We think it's about talent. We think it's about skill. We think it's about all that. And David is saying, nope, it's a good thing to praise you, Lord, to show your loving kindness in the morning, sing your praises at night, and I'll just get my little tin string. I promise you I'm not trying to abuse your time or your patience or your mind or any of those things. But the Lord just keeps on talking to me about what the world is given in the form of Christian music. So listen to the way I said that. What the world is given in the form of... So it's out there being promoted somewhere in some fashion to the world and being called Christian music. So it's not to God. Oh, hear me. It's not to God. It's to the world. I need the world to hear and see and know and validate my talent that I claim I got from God. The Lord says, and I would think it was Samuel to Saul, hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obedience. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if the Lord was sitting on his throne, Old Testament days when people had to actually bring proper offering sacrifices. And he's sitting on his throne and he's sitting there going, oh, where's the, where's the best farmer at that's got the best sheep? Because that's the only one I'm interested in. I know this over here, so-and-so, he's only got two to pick from and he picked the cleaner one of the two. Ah, I don't have, I, I, I need something grand. I need something spectacular. That's not, that's never, ever in the scripture is that God's attitude towards his creation. Return something awesome to me. Return something great to me. I expect awesomeness from you because I'm awesome. No, but he, he said, be ye holy for I'm holy. But he didn't say, be ye all-powerful because I'm all-powerful. You do the greatest because I'm the greatest. No, we see this in the parable of the talents. The same honor is given to the one with ten as with five. It's not about the number. It's not about, mm -mm. It's not about the skill, the talent. It's not about what a person looks like they could bring in the eyes of other people. 
Would you just pray where you're seated there for a moment, Father? God, I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you for your loving kindness and for your tender mercy. I thank you for your mercy that we feel over our lives, God. I thank you, Jesus, for every time, Lord, that your mercy has intervened into my life. I thank you for every time, God, that you have covered me with your loving kindness, that you've covered me, Lord, with your mercy. I'm thankful for it. I want to know it, God, and I want to live in it. I want to walk in it and according to it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. This is my last verse. Psalms 107, verse 43. Same guy, writing about the same God. He has a lot to say about this, in case you haven't noticed. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Never once in all of the writings of David did he say, I've, I've obtained something that nobody else can get to. I'm living at a level that nobody else can reach. That's how spiritual I am. That's how close to God I am. Nope. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. He is our example. David is our example of someone that lives in the loving kindness of the Lord. It's something for you to know. His loving kindness is something for you to know and to live in. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, God. I believe this is who you are, Jesus. I believe you are the one that wants to share of your grace with us, share of your mercy with us. God, you want this to be a defining aspect of our relationship with you, that we would be individuals that live and walk according to your mercy and your grace. God, I pray it over my life today. I pray it over the lives of these individuals that are here, God. I pray your mercy upon us right now in the name of Jesus. God, when I find myself in a situation where I need you, Lord, I'm believing it in faith right now. You will be there. You are already there, Jesus, because you cover me with your mercy, because you cover me with your loving kindness. I receive it today, God. Just I want to walk in it more. I want to understand it more. Come to know you more, Lord Jesus, every day that you allow me to be here. In the name of Jesus, let us share this with others, God. It is a testimony and a witness of who you are and how great you are, Lord. Thank you for it, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your attention and your listening to the Lord. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.